tonight, concern over the forecast by Philippine President Duterte that the country may return to normalcy by 2023. Health authorities detect the South African COVID variant in the Philippines. And the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention warns of a fourth wave of COVID-19 infections. Good evening, I'm Tony Velasquez. And I'm Karen Davila. On our broadcast tonight, the Philippine Trade Secretary tries to cushion the impact of President Duterte's forecast that the country's situation would normalize only by 2023. One analyst fears the president is sending a wrong message to investors about how well the government is handling the pandemic. Bruce Rodriguez has tonight's top story. Early the first, maybe the first or second quarter of uh, year 2023. Industry observers warn Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte's remarks that the country may only see some normalcy from the COVID-19 pandemic by 2023 would be bad for the local investment climate. Political economist Calixto Chiquiamco says, aside from investor confidence, consumers might also be affected by such pronouncements. He says the government should ensure everyone is inoculated since there should be enough supply by year end. It's kind of scary uh, because it will put a chill on uh, consumption. It will uh, put a chill on lending. It will put a chill on investments. So uh, it's quite a pessimistic scenario. It seems to me that they're quite setting a low bar for their own performance in terms of uh, vaccination. Former Trade Undersecretary and Consumer Rights Advocate Vic Magiba is calling on all sectors to come together to make the vaccination program work. He even suggests funneling more funds from excise taxes into the purchase of vaccines. Ang nababasa ko po yung mga kapitbahay natin bansa, baka by the end of the year, eh, get back to their normal fit na sila. But for Trade Secretary Ramon Lopez, Duterte's statements doesn't mean the local economy will remain under quarantine protocols until 2023. I think it's really referring to yung, uh, yung normal uh, uh, situation just like the pre-pandemic. You know, even the mobility of uh, people, the yung walang restriction at all. Lopez also believes the economy is well on its way to recovery. As to whether mabawi natin lahat ng na, na decline natin ng 2021, maybe what might happen is a ang ang offset natin yung recover natin earlier than 2023. Bruce Rodriguez, ABS-CBN News. The Philippines detects its first cases of the South African COVID-19 variant, which is said to reduce the efficacy of some vaccines. Rafael Bosano reports. 
The eighth batch of samples processed by the Philippine Genome Center confirmed more cases of the more transmissible UK variant and mutations of concern. 20 of the newly detected UK variant cases are returning overseas Filipinos. Three are local cases, while the circumstance of seven others are still being verified. But what is more concerning is that six samples were identified as the South African variant. This variant is not only highly transmissible, it also affects the efficacy of some vaccines according to international studies. Ibig sabihin, nababawasan yung talab, nababawasan yung protection na pwedeng ibigay sa ng bakuna because of the effect of this variant. The reason for this is what doctors call as immune escape. Infectious disease specialist Dr. Ron Jean Solante explains mutations occur in the spike protein which latch onto the human cell's receptors, allowing it to invade the cell and multiply. Because of these mutations, some vaccines are unable to make antibodies to fight new variants of the coronavirus. The problem with this South African variant, like 60% of the spike protein will be recognized with the, with the vaccine. But what about the remaining 40% na, na, na mutated na hindi niya ma-recognize? For epidemiologist Dr. Edsel Salvana, who was among the first to receive the vaccines on Monday, the resilience of Sinovac's vaccine against the variant remains unsure. But since the vaccine is an inactivated virus, it is able to produce more antibodies compared to vaccines which only use parts of the virus. Of the six detected cases of the African variant, three are local cases in Pasay, two are returning overseas Filipinos, while authorities have yet to complete details on the last patient. Two of the three cases in Pasay remain active and they are being managed by the local government. The remaining patient was said to have recovered. This has prompted the local government to step up its contact tracing efforts. Doon lang po sa aming contact tracing, hindi na po yung 15 minutes interface. Basta naka-interface ninyo yung positive, agad-agad po yan, contact trace, pinapaswab, ina-isolate. While the Philippine Health Department confirms a local transmission of the UK variant, they continue to investigate whether or not they can say the same for the South African variant. Because samples were collected between January 27 to February 13, officials can't rule out the possibility that the variant may have spread to others. Rafael Bosano, ABS-CBN News. Malacanang is pleased with the outcome of the first two days of the government's COVID vaccination program. Authorities had hoped to entice more health workers to have themselves inoculated by including high-profile officials and media personalities among the first vaccine recipients. More from Pia Gutierrez. A total 756 individuals have been vaccinated against COVID-19 during Monday's launch of the government's vaccination program. For Palace spokesman Harry Roque, this is already a victory given the initial concerns of the public on the efficacy of Sinovac's vaccine, particularly on healthcare workers. May iba pa nga pong naiyak sa tuwa, lalo na po sa PGH, nung nakita nilang nagpapabakuna si Dr. Gapligaspi. The IATF initially proposed to allocate some 50 COVID-19 shots, especially for influencers, to encourage more people to be vaccinated. These influencers supposedly included Roque, other government officials, some politicians, and a number of media personalities. The proposal, however, was thumbed down by the Interim National Immunization Technical Advisory Group, or NIT, 
Maytag, saying that medical frontliners should be given first priority. President Duterte, meanwhile, have opted to wait for the emergency use authorization of Chinese vaccine Sinopharm before being vaccinated against COVID-19. This after the FDA has confirmed that Sinopharm has applied for an EUA with the regulatory agency on Monday. Malacanang says this means that the palace would no longer study whether the president is eligible to use the Chinese vaccine under the compassionate use license earlier granted by the FDA to the presidential security group for the use of 10,000 shots. Roque says President Duterte is also on standby to personally receive AstraZeneca vaccines under the COVAX facility when it arrives in the Philippines. Vaccine czar Carlito Galvez earlier announced that 3.5 million AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccines are set to arrive in the country within the first quarter of the year. This despite the postponement of the arrival of over 500,000 vaccines on Monday due to supply and logistics problems. Meanwhile, Johnson & Johnson's Janssen will continue its clinical trials in the country to check the long-term efficacy of its vaccine. Its one-dose vaccine was already approved in the U.S. The trials in the Philippines will test two doses of the vaccine. The FDA also expects the firm to submit its application for emergency use authorization soon. Pia Gutierrez, ABS-CBN News. Supreme Court magistrates concluded interpolating petitioners against the Anti-Terrorism Act. But the oral arguments are far from over because justices will next interpolate the Solicitor General and the Friends of Court. Mike Navalio reports. It's back to basics in Tuesday's fourth installment of the oral arguments on petitions challenging the Anti-Terrorism Act. A simple question coming from Associate Justice Rodil Zalameda. Is there really a need right now for the Philippines to have an anti-terror law? The Human Security Act is uh, enough, Your Honor. Deter terrorism. What is really lacking is uh, good police work and good intelligence work. The Human Security Act is the law which the Anti-Terrorism Act replaced. Petitioners say there was no need to replace it in the first place, as it in fact offered more safeguards. But magistrates point out the need to give authorities sufficient leeway to address the evolving threats of terrorism, even if it means penalizing preparatory acts. Justice Mario Lopez says terrorism is even worse than treason and rebellion. Justice Amy Lazaro Javier, for her part, asks if individual rights should be prioritized over the security of the country and its people. But petitioners insist there's a need to balance the duty of the state to prevent terrorism and the Bill of Rights of every individual, which are enshrined in the Constitution. We argument, Your Honor, that we need the ATL because we don't have the tools uh, to ferret out these crimes is actually wrong, Your Honor. In fighting a fire like terrorism, we do not throw the baby out with the bathwater. We preserve our constitutional order by being different from terrorists. And because we don't, we end up making them win. We are no different from the lawless elements that we are fighting. The oral arguments got heated when Justice Mario Lopez and Professor John Molo discussed whether the Supreme Court could entertain a facial challenge on the ground of void for vagueness in a penal law concerning national security. Lopez says it has never been done before, which Molo counters by pointing to several cases where the Supreme Court looked into the constitutionality of a penal law which infringed freedom of speech and fundamental rights, even if no person has claimed to have suffered actual and direct injury. 
Dakdak ka na naman ng dakdak mamaya Inanticipate na lahat ng sinasabi ko eh Yes, Your Honor The exchange ended cordially 14 of 15 Supreme Court magistrates took turns interpolating petitioners in the past four Tuesdays on whether or not to scrap the anti-terror law. It's now the turn of the Solicitor General to make its case on why the Philippines needs a new anti-terror measure. Mike Navalio, ABS-CBN News. The Filipina household helper physically abused by the Philippine ambassador to Brazil recounts to ABS-CBN News the maltreatment she experienced at the hands of the envoy who's been fired by President Duterte. Willard Cheng with this report. President Rodrigo Duterte approves the dismissal of former Philippine Ambassador Marichu Mauro from the service, four months after CCTV footages surfaced showing her maltreating her Filipino domestic helper inside a diplomatic residence. The president affirmed the decision of the Department of Foreign Affairs to remove Mauro from the service and forfeit her benefits. The House help, alias Ami, welcomed the decision and thanked all those who helped her, including the DFA and Senator Juan Miguel Subiri. Ami told ABS-CBN News she was referred to work for Mauro since 2018 after she was offered to join the ambassador in Brazil. Mauro, Ami says, was kind to her. But things changed in 2020 when the pandemic lockdown started and the ambassador started to work from inside the residence. Mabait naman po siya. Ewan ko lang po sir kung bakit uh, ganun na bandang huli. Hindi ko nga rin uh, alam po sir kung bakit ganun. Ami says simple things triggered a change in the ambassador's behavior. Gusto po niya sir ni Amba pa 5 minutes to 10 minutes tapos na. Eh mabagal ako maglinis ng CR. Eh tatlo ang CR sa taas. Ami says she has forgiven Ambassador Mauro, who called her when she returned home. Hindi ko naman sinasadya yung ginagawa ko sa'yo. Kung nagsisisi ako, sabi niyang ganon. Sabi ko ma'am, hindi naman po ako na nagtatanim ng sama ng loob. Pinapatawad naman kita kahit ganon niya po ginawa sa akin. Wala na pa yan sa akin. Ami notes she has no plans to file a case against her former employer. ABS-CBN News has tried to obtain Ambassador Mauro's side. To prevent a similar incident from repeating, Foreign Affairs Chief Teodoro Loxin Jr. banned officers assigned abroad from bringing domestic staff overseas. Officers now have to hire household help through the Philippine Overseas Employment Administration with a pay of 400 to 600 U.S. dollars which will be deposited in the helper's bank account. Willard Cheng, ABS-CBN News. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention warns of a fourth wave of COVID-19 infections. The Czech Republic implements new lockdown measures. And Japan asks that its citizens be spared from an anal COVID-19 tests when they visit China. More in this report. Perhaps we could follow up with you. The head of America's Centers for Disease Control and Prevention warns about potential fourth surge in COVID-19 cases fueled by the spread of more contagious variants from the UK, South Africa, and Brazil. The U.S. reported last week an average of around 70,000 new cases daily. Ultimately, vaccination is what will bring us out of this pandemic. To get there, we need to vaccinate many more people. The CDC says more than 2,400 COVID-19 cases in the U.S. were caused by new variants, though the true number is thought to be higher. 
The Czech Republic tightens its COVID-19 lockdown as it grapples with the world's highest infection rate per capita. For the next three weeks, thousands of police officers and soldiers will enforce rules limiting free movement. Preschools and classes for first and second graders have also been suspended. The Czech Republic has more than 1.2 million COVID-19 cases with more than 20,000 fatalities, according to Johns Hopkins University. Meanwhile, Japan asks China to stop testing Japanese travelers for COVID-19 with anal swabs. Tokyo says some Japanese citizens complained they were subjected to the procedure, causing them great psychological pain. The number of Japanese citizens required to take anal COVID-19 swab tests in China remains unknown. China has yet to respond to the request. Our final word tonight is a quote from Frank Sonnenberg. We don't gain anything by lowering the bar so that everyone can clear it. And that is The World Tonight, the second day of March 2021. I'm Karen Davila. I'm Tony Velasquez from the Philippines. Thank you. Mabuhay.